This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that is wearing black underpants in honour of Matteo Kovacic. It's true. Don't get me to prove it. It is true. Anyway, the only thing later than Man United's equaliser on Saturday was me. Thanks to some family commitments, I didn't make it to Stamford Bridge until it was all over. Uh, now, I might have missed the match, but I did manage to catch up with Daniel, Dan Silver. Adam and Mary and Matt in the cock afterwards. Uh, Listening to their damning verdict on the performance, it seems that I lucked out. Not least, as I predicted 1-1 and got a spot on in our Prem Predictions League. Not for the first time. The football seemed secondary to the entertainment before and after, and it was great to meet people who've listened to the show from afar for many years. As for Chelsea... It seems Potter did exactly what he we feared he would by persisting with wing-backs and a formation that guaranteed United would overrun our midfield. At least he had the good sense to change it, which gave us some sort of a foothold in the game. Given all that, it was fantastic that we looked to have stolen three points with a J5 penalty, but criminal that we couldn't manage the game out with only minutes to go. After 90-odd minutes of that, it seems the most entertaining thing that happened was Kovacic stripping off to give his shirt and shorts to some supporters and then running off in his black pants. Seems fitting, as pants is exactly how you could describe Chelsea's performance. And you'll not be surprised to know that the title of the show tonight is PANTS! Exclamation mark. Chelsea fancast number 940. Clever stuff. Thought you'd like that, JK. Love it. Love it. I suppose you had a pretty good view of Kovacic's pants, didn't you? Yes, they um, they uh, they came from afar and they got bigger and bigger as he got closer, as you'd expect. Well, I think you, you're quite accustomed to that, aren't you, really? Hey, in my world, it's mm. it's the norm. Indeed yeah. it is. Um, I enjoyed your fan bite as ever. Well done. Um, I mean, very annoying I missed the match, but we'll get into that later. But we've got a lovely guest on the show tonight, haven't we? One of our favourites. Uh, what can you say about this man? scribe 
that, that Mary didn't say on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll try to think of some, think of some words she might not have used. Um, <laughs> scribe, savant, um, wit, charmer, um, editor, uh, helper, um, publisher. Uh, uh, what else? Um, what else can I reel off on the top of my head? Gate 17. It is, of course, it is, of course, of course, the uh, the magnificent uh, Marco Warren. Mm, there we go. Buonasera, mi amico. Buonasera, amici. Come mm, va? I'm all right, mate. I'm actually very all right, considering I missed the flaming match. But I was just thinking, actually, if you're if JK, JK described you as a savant, then that must make me and JK idiot savants, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> What do you reckon? I don't know. Who knows? Marco, good to see you. I miss seeing you on Saturday. It's my little ritual, as you know, on a Saturday to head over to the CFC UK stall and have a natter with you and Chuckles and whoever else is there. It's very annoying when you kind of are in the manner and you don't do that on a match day. I, I, I forgot how annoying that is. But did you was it was it fun on Saturday before and after? You saw lots of people. Yeah, it was a long, long day. Um but yeah, no, I mean, it was terrific. There, there were lots of um, overseas uh, visitors, um, along with the usual and unusual suspects. So yeah, no, it was um, plenty of good banter to be had. Ruined by a dog's breakfast yes, indeed. for the football match. Indeed. Um, I, I also saw you You had a picture taken with Wee Pat, but we'll talk more about that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we'll talk more about that later. Right, on the show tonight, part one, uh, we discussed Chelsea's performance, or lack thereof. Uh, Kovacic making a difference in more ways than one, as we've already alluded to. Uh, the penalty and not managing the game out. In part two, we ask if Potter failed or passed his first big test. Is he finding it hard to solve the same problem Lampard and Tuchel had? And we look at the ominous developments in terms of the top four Premier League places. Uh, in part three, we look ahead to tomorrow night's Champions League match away to Salzburg. And in part four, we have some emails to read out, which is always fun. Now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. Live! Every Monday at 7pm by go to Mixler. And the uh, by the way, the link for Mixler, I didn't know this. Uh, but the, mix, uh, the the link for Mixler has changed. It is now chelsea-fancast.mixler.com. Uh, if you go there on a Monday at this time of the day, you will hear us blathering on about Chelsea and you will join lots of other people who, for some strange reason, enjoy doing that as well. And they will chat to each other in the chat uh, room facility that they have. It is great fun, so I, I do commend it to you. Uh, alternatively, you can just wait for the podcast, which comes out after... I've had a chance to put all this together when we finish the show. Uh, you can also tweet us or, or basically anything, you know, at Chelsea Fancast anywhere on the socials. So there you go. We'll be back to talk about the match very shortly. Well, JK, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I I kind of you know, it's, it's, the, the, our team selection thing on a Friday, I, I think, is 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 as enduring for me as the prem, the prem predictions is. Um, and we were we were almost there, um, in in predicting what the bugger would do. You know, apart from I don't think any of us knew. I mean, I certainly didn't know that um, Cooley Bally uh, got a knee injury, which kind of you know, basically meant he didn't start. So your your favourite player, Cucurella, got a start. Um, but I, I have to say, mate, I was I was really disappointed. And oh, just on, on another note, you know, he didn't start Pulisic. He started Sterling, so we kind of got that right. Uh, and he started Loftus Cheek, not Kovacic, which we we did talk about. But 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 for me, the biggest pisser was was starting. Three four two one because I you know what did I say on Friday I said United will play four two three one if we have two in our midfield we will be overrun and lordy lordy J K that's exactly what happened wasn't it it was uh, it was exactly what happened and it was a surprise they didn't score a couple of goals during that period because we were very poor poor by the way just to say that Kulabali hasn't even travelled to to Salzburg he's he's that poorly himself. Um, uh, so uh, it'd be interesting to see who lines up at the back. I mean, one of the constants, to, just to get this out of the way, is that Chalabar at least appears to be playing really well. So you you know that you've got a uh, somebody doing his work along with Silva, but um, uh, and defensively, I suppose you could say they're all you know they're 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 striving hard. But um, the whole game was was a, a a bitter disappointment. I mean, even when he made the obvious decision to to put the extra mid midfield player in, and yet to discover that. Even poor old Kovacic is injured. He's got a knee injury. That's why he didn't want to play him. It just makes you wonder um, who is actually available, who's fit. I keep thinking, uh, who's he going to play? He's having, he's having to play Cucurella. We, in never in a month of Sundays did we ever believe that Cucurella would make a reappearance in the back three again after his, his dire performance against Villa and um, the poor bloke is just not up to scratch or standard at the moment which is um, uh, difficult for him and I feel for him and the, the other trouble is is if you've got everybody else in the team underperforming um, it, it, as you said uh, Marco it becomes a dog's dinner it's um, it's and what I find um, I'm, I'm, I'm leaping ahead here I'm jumping the gun but I do find that they're making the same errors that they've made under Tuchel and under previous managers just makes you think, what the fuck are they doing on the training ground? How is he managing to just replicate this average performance that we, we have put in so many times before? I mean, mounts, corners, for God's sake. I thought the idea was the new manager at least would have a way of stopping them from just of either hitting the first man or booting the ball miles up in the air for no reason. It's it's it, the fact that you don't see any progress with supposedly one of the best young managers in the country that makes you think, is it the players? Is it the fact that he's not terribly good? Or is it the fact they're all injured? But, I mean, um, at least we didn't have to see Cheek playing right wing back. But... He didn't play terribly well playing in the middle. And I, I do apologise. I'm, I'm having difficulty. I'm being taken to task for my constantly having a go at Cheek. I got told on the after the fan bite that I must have been watching a different game as Cheek had excelled. Now, can you honestly tell me that anybody excelled in that performance? I, I can't believe that's... that's. I can. That 
something okay. I was watching. Okay. Who was that? Who's that? Well, I actually thought uh, that Kovacic did very well when he came on, and and I think he made it because I mean, look, the, the I way he made it, the, well, the, the, the way the way, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, yeah. the way the way I the way I positionally, yeah, as well. The way I see it, and I'd love Marco to come in on, on this too. But the way I see it was that you're you're absolutely right, J.K. I mean, you know, I listened to it on the radio because I was driving up at the time, which is horrendous. Actually, it's a horrible experience listening to, to the radio because you don't you can't see what's going on and the commentators lay, ladle it on. But I mean, we were clearly being overrun uh, and we weren't at the races. Kovacic came on after 35 minutes and I think it did. I mean, you know, he put he, he went to a back four. He played he played four, three, two, one and, and it and it stopped United. And I think actually, essentially, in a way, that's what killed the game because they, they, thereafter they cancelled yeah. each other out. But yeah. I think that Kovacic did make the difference because I think no, no, but I don't think he excelled though. We're no, no, looking... no. Well, I mean, I, okay, he's injured. It's, you could it, tell he's injured. It's splitting, he's it's splitting hairs. I mean, if if you're if you're really being honest, I think the only player I think that genuinely genuinely is excelling, excelling for Chelsea at the moment is is Kepper and Chaloba. I'll have you have you. Silver's always at a level of, of immense competence. He is, he is. But what I mean, what do you reckon, Marco? I mean, I mean, th- th- it's one of those games, isn't there, where it, it defies analysis because it's so fucking obvious. <clears throat> well, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I'm just going to put it straight, squarely on on the shoulders of the manager. Um, you know, well, can I can I ask you a question? Because you know what, I, I spoke yeah. to our, our great mate, Mister Dixon, yesterday. And he, he was intent on having a, a moan up about the football. So it's quite funny with Kerry, as you know, you don't get a word in edgeways. He just basically... Fo- and, and we were talking about this because he said the same, because it's bloody obvious. And I said to him, I said, you know, if, if an idiot like me can see this was going to happen on Friday, why the hell did he do it? And, and why did it take him 35 minutes? I mean, OK, I know that they don't like changing too quickly, but... It begs that question: Why did he start like that? He didn't when he played uh, played them. You know, when he was manager of Brighton, first match of the season, he matched them. Why didn't he do it? Uh, I, I, I don't know. It's it's inexcusable, really. Um, you know, it's kind of like the, the the old adage, isn't it? If you if you if you don't learn the lessons of history, <laughs> um, you keep repeating them. Um, you know, and that, that goes deeper in terms of what you were alluding to about. A succession of Chelsea managers, for some reason, not being able to get um, a, a proper tune consistently out of, um, you know, an expensive squad of players. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. Cucurella shouldn't be anywhere near the Chelsea first team, in my Absolutely opinion. Absolutely agree with you. Absolutely. you know, and, and, and I don't want to, you know, there was a reason why City weren't prepared to pay over forty million for him. Um, and we can see that, you know, and it's just unfortunate. He just doesn't look like he, he, you know, is is good enough to. He's not. He's not better than Chilwell if he's playing in, you know, on on um, wing back on on the wing back um, position. Yeah. And he's definitely not a centre back. So oh, you know, whether, whether Potter's kind of feels compelled to. You know, playing out of a sense, some sort of sense of duty because he played him successfully at Brighton. I, I don't know, but it's got to stop really because, you know, if you look at the fixtures we've got coming up, I mean, Brighton's going to be interesting anyway. But you know, kind of Arsenal and Newcastle, you've got to get, you've got to, he's got to get it right from minute one. Otherwise, 
you know, he might not get get out of jail um, in in the way that he did on Saturday. We, we were fortunate, weren't we, Marco, that Rashford was so bad because otherwise they'd have yeah. had three goals. They'd have had three. I, I, I said at the outset when, when we were all talking about the game at the stall that it, this was going to be a 1-1 draw and it wouldn't be particularly entertaining. Um, and it, The first 30 minutes were as poor 30 minutes of football as I've seen all season. And that's any game I've watched, not 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 just Chelsea. Um, you know, once again, you know, Kepper kept a few um couple of shots out, didn't he? Yeah. I think as you as you said, Chidge, you know, Chaloba is 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 on the money. Um, but the rest of it, you know, right wing back Sterling, I don't get oh, it. Oh. Abamiang, useless. Um, you know, what why not why not start Broger and just just go for it. Um, or or Pulisic instead of Sterling, which is what we've well, been moaning about for because he does look as though he's getting some form back. He's come on. He played much better against yeah. Brentford. Pulisic. He should have come on. I mean, I think Sterling is just absolutely awful now. He doesn't contribute anything at all. He just takes far too many touches as always, as always. You know, the, the Kovacic thing, I mean, I get that, you know, he isn't fit and sort of playing him when he, if he's playing through an injury, he's, that's a fool's errand to start with, isn't it? You know, you have to look at what's happened to Kante um, to, to see that's not not a wise thing to do with one of your best players. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, it was just really frustrating. Um, you know, ten, ten Hag, I know he's had a bit more time than Potter, but he actually, he looks like he's got a game plan. He's sorted out the back line, you know, and that, that's meant dispensing with the services of Maguire. So, you know, that that's happening. I mean, Potter's had, what, eight, nine games now? Um, and, then, you know, you, you could look at the results and say, well, he hasn't lost uh, a game. And, you know, he's won whatever he's won, five or whatever it is. And that looks okay, but against decent opposition um I, I just need convincing and I, and I just I, I cannot you know everybody was talking we need to buy a new midfield it's it's, it's insane it, what we, you know all we do is buy center backs and wingers anyway so we're never going to buy a midfielder but I just don't think buying our way out of this situation is necessarily the solution I, I think the solution lies in Looking in in depth at the, the 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 abilities of the players in the squad, and you know playing to their strengths. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm being hard on it. To happen, don't you think they're like? Do you know what? Well, I'd, 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 I'd like to talk about that in part two because I think that that's a really potentially very interesting discussion, and I think we'll all have a lot to say about that. Um, J.K., I mean, I I did get a sense. You know, listening on the wireless as one does, uh, that that there was a there was an improvement in the second half. I mean, I think we got into the game. I mean, but I mean, I look at the stats here, and and you know, as much as I can't stand them, as we all know, they don't half tell a story sometimes. Um, goal attempts: Chelsea six, Man United thirteen. Shots on target: Chelsea two, uh, Man United six. Shots off goal: uh, Chelsea three, Man United. I mean. That doesn't lie, does it? So even though we got, you know, we were better in the second half, it wasn't good enough. Um, 
which is in a way what makes it so annoying that we we got a penalty and then went one nil up with about five minutes to go because there's nothing we all like as supporters than stealing a win when you don't deserve it, especially against the Manx. Especially against Man United. Yeah, I mean, that's what football's really all about. Was it a penalty, JK? Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah. He grabbed him, didn't he? It was the fact that um, he he started to take the corner. I think if he hadn't started to take the corner and they'd done that grappling, uh, he would have warned them both. And if it had then taken place, he wouldn't have given it because he'd have thought they were both doing it. It was the fact that Mount was running up to take the corner and had kicked it and then you saw that happen it was just obviously a, a penalty so that the the attempts by the united players to make it the uh the the, the period before Jorginho took it last an eternity and then getting yellow cards as a consequence meant that um he was under unbelievable pressure and you know the it, it, good luck to him he, he was terrific the pause that he took in order to the the period that he had to concentrate and then Send send De Gea the wrong way was was brilliant a brilliant penalty and brilliant under pressure penalty and um, he really hid it too didn't he actually yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it was, it, it was ter- terrific stuff but you do expect the team to hang on after that I mean for goodness sake and obviously what what Ten Hag was doing was saying you know come on get up there just attack attack but you know they we were so profligate then afterwards just giving the ball away we just well, we couldn't it. get it out of our half get could we? we couldn't get it out no no but they ha- but that once again that's just something you have to think about I know. You keep a player up, and you bought, kick the ball long, and he then challenges for it and moves the ball up, and then you follow well, up. You know, I can't, I, I, I can't deep hang about. I can't, you know. I can't remember. It might have been Graham Sooners, funnily enough, that I kind of just like, you know, kind of uh, subconsciously heard because it wasn't really listening this morning. But it sounds like it was him. It, if it wasn't, I don't know. But somebody said actually, all Chelsea had to do was, you know, commit a foul in their half. You know, get yeah. up there, yeah. give away a foul, keep mm. them there. You know. That's prof- the, the professional way basic, to deal with it. It's basic stuff, Chich, yeah. and the very fact that we just defended deep and just failed to kick the ball away. I'm all right. The pressure was enormous, and they, you know, in the end, it was a very decent header, but and a very decent cross. But the fact that three United players went up for it, I think if if he'd missed it, old uh, Charisma, whatever his name is, it would have been uh, um, there was McTominay. McTominay was behind to head it in. They were all queuing up. What happened? Where did we disappear to? You know, I, I, it was all, it was poor once again. That was just game planning, the inability to kick the ball away, but also deal with it. It's a kind of really stock situation, the opposition attack. You know, you've got various ways of dealing with it. You don't just all line up and accept the fact they're going to have a header on goal, for goodness sake. And all that business people complaining about poor old Kepper. It was almost a brilliant save, for goodness sake. Nothing to do yeah, with it. Yeah, there was bag of whoa, whoa, whoa. People have been blaming that on Kepper. Yeah, yeah, Why? on Twitter. Because he wasn't, he's, he's, he's too little, they were saying. He needs to be a bigger keeper. He's six foot two. I know, it's bollocks. But you know what? They've got it in for him. You know, they, they're trying to make out that, you know, there he is. He's made another mistake for us. It was a terrific Well, save. I mean, Ro- Roy, good luck to Roy, him. Roy Keane blamed him on, on uh, the post, you know, on the sum, you know, the punditry afterwards. But I, I wasn't having it. I thought he nearly made an excellent save. I mean, he, yeah, he yeah. palmed it off with his hat. It's a great header. I mean, let's, let's not fuck about here. It was a great header. He palms it off. It hits the post and goes in. I mean, you know, I mean, the and only, only, only just way, goes in. Yeah, but, the, you know, the only way you, you could level criticism at Kepper for that is by saying he wasn't positioned correctly. Because if he was, he, he'd have... Um, Pushed it round. He'd have, he'd have reached the ball. 
But but the thing was, I mean, that was kind of like a two-minute gold mouth scramble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a bit tricky, isn't it, to be positioned perfectly when, you know, the, the ball's all over the place. And, you know, and the bloke said to be a whirling dervish in, you know, the, the last few games to keep the ball out. Um, you know, uh, yeah, so I agree. I'm, I'm not having that. It's not Kepa's wasn't oh. Kepa's fault. If anything, it was bloody Jorginho's for hauling Elaine well, to get the free kick away in the first place. I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And you're right, of course. However, having spent the last five years criticising Jorginho for watching as people run past him and not ever trying to commit a professional foul, I am, I am personally not going to dig him out, even though you're right. That free kick led to the chaos for two minutes. But... You know, he he did what I've been asking him to do for bloody ever, which is to just take the fucker out. You know, yeah. to be fair, to be fair, we all applauded him when he did that. <laughs> well, there you go. No, no, but but with the benefit of um, sort of watching watching the action back later on on yeah. match of the day and what have you, it's kind of I, I don't I don't know. It's just like that game sums up for me, where Chelsea are as a football club at the moment. You're not wrong, you know, because, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, that that that, that uh, result meant it's, uh, it's, the, it's, it's officially the most drawn fixture in Premier League uh, history. Um, and I predicted a draw. Clayton predicted a draw. You predicted a draw, didn't yeah, you? We yeah. all predicted draws. Me and Clayton won one, JK 2-2. We oh, kind of well. knew it was going to be a draw. We've been around. We've watched football a lot. We kind of knew. It's not actually the result that's the issue here. It's the performance, isn't it? And I think that's what you mean. And actually, something occurred to me, actually. There was almost something a bit sad, really, watching it. Because we were poor. United were poor. These are two fantastic sides, you know, with great history. Won lots and lots and lots of trophies. And to kind of see them, you know, where we are now and really down to similar kind of problems, really. Bad management, bad uh, buys, you know, complacency, stupid mistakes, where we, we watched the likes of Liverpool with a great plan do well up till now and City with their money and good management just wiping the floor with people and Arsenal, you know, having made the right decision having got over Wenger, putting a manager they had some trust in, bringing, you know, they, they're doing it the right way and are flying at the moment. And I think that's the point, isn't it? That's where we are at the moment. And I think that's, it's worrying, I think, to be honest, JK. Um, it's very worrying. And uh, I think he's been lucky the last few performances, Potter. And um, I don't think we're playing very well. And I don't think we're as good as we should be. And, I'm in. I think the world the World Cup is coming just at the right time for him, because uh, more luck. It, it yeah, because it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how these three games go. Um, um, you know, I, he could actually he could draw one and lose the other two, and then um, it could all be taken out of his hands after that. I think. Why, I don't do, mean, you, do you think he I won't get fired? No, no, he won't get fired. I just think I think that there'll be. Um, uh, we'll get on to this eventually. All right. All right. Are we allowed to get on to it now? Or no, we... let's get on to it later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a tricky one, isn't it? It, it? it is very frustrating, but I think that's where... I mean, the other thing, Marco, that occurs to me, you know, do you know what? Do you know how we're playing at the moment? I think JK's got a point there. We're not playing well, really. Um, 
okay, Reese James is not playing. You know, when you lose a world-class player, it makes a fuck of a difference. We found that out last year. I mean, up till the Juventus game, we were... I mean, I thought we were going to win the league after the Juventus game. I thought we were absolutely fantastic, and then it all went tits up. But I think we're playing at the moment. Like, we, we've quite often played in the past when we're, you know, kind of hanging on to, to eke out a league title. You know, they're just hanging on at the moment for <laughs> results. And and yet this is... It's, it's October, you know, are they just completely knackered or something? I mean, it's just beggar's belief. But that's what they look like. They look like a team at the end of the season hanging on, just hanging on to go out and get that fourth place or win a league or whatever, you know? I don't know. I, I, do you know what? I was I was walking to work this morning and I was listening to the talk sport and um, they had an interview with Declan Rice or they played an extra. And I think he played 68 games last season. Well, it was something ridiculous. Um, and he was just saying, yeah, you know, I love it. I'll, I'll play I'll play every day if I had to. And, and, I'll, and I'll play every game. The reason I look knackered when I come off is because I give my everything. Mm. Um, you know, and I, and I know we, you know, as old curmudgeons that we are, we sort of hark back to the distant past when, you know, you had 11 players and a sub um, and pretty much, and the sub very rarely got a game. And, and they played, you know, 50-odd, 60-odd games. So I, I just don't buy, I, I do not buy the excuse of <clears throat> having too many games. Um, you know, we've got five substitutes allowed now, which I, I'm not sure what that brings to the game beyond confusion sometimes. I mean, I look, you know, Ten Hag when he made all his substitutions, it was like, what's going on there? Is he just doing it because he's got them? Well, I think that um, killed United, actually. Well, no, I agree. I agree. And, you know, um, I, I just don't know. I, I think the game, the actual game of football now um, is, is, I don't know, it's, it just seems to be, it seems to have transitioned into... Um, it's, it's very stop-start. You don't get a lot of, you know, flowing moves. I think that's, you know, the VAR thing causes interruptions that last too long. Um, and, and I don't think that the actual, you know, the whole game of football, the way it's transitioned quite rapidly over the last two or three seasons, um, is, is favouring... Well, it's not favouring the managers. I don't think it's favouring the players, and it, and it's pissing off most of the supporters. To be honest with you, um, so I think what's happened, you know, what's happened to Chelsea, you, you could argue, happens to other teams, um, maybe not not in the same way and quite as often as it does to Chelsea at the moment. But I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think. The, the excuses should be made for, for for players. You know, I think the coaches are aware of what's going on. So like you said, you know, well, there's no excuse for not beating the first man at a corner. You know, that should be beaten into people on the training ground. Um, you know, the, the, the strategy, the tactics, in-game management, all of that, um, I don't know, you see better. I don't know. I made a point of watching the Spurs Newcastle game yesterday, um, just to see. It's kind of like a tale of two managers. That Conte, 
and 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 how and just in terms of the way they set up the way they manage and it's just interesting and I just think the order of things is changing you know I watched the Arsenal game as well um same with Arteta there you know if, if he'd have been at Chelsea and lost those first three opening games or whatever it was a couple of seasons ago he'd, he'd have been out on his ass but they stuck with him um you know and he's galvanized the team he's bought really really well um and you know the the results are there they're top of the league you know I know they only got a draw against Southampton but consistently they deserve to be the top of the league and it will be interesting when we play them I, I, I don't know so you know Chelsea what the biggest frustration I've got with Chelsea Football Club is we had a head start on all of these clubs, apart from Arsenal and Man United, who were the dominant two when Mr. Abramovich um, bought the club. And, you know, in, in terms of um, where the team is now, it's, it's gone backwards. And yet, you know, obviously there's a massive hiatus with the change of ownership and um, <clears throat> change of manager, sanctions, all of that. But Generally, it's a bit like, bit like looking at the stock market over a 100-year time frame or whatever, and you've got the dips, but the trend is generally up. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if we're, we're kind of where we are at the moment. I don't, we, 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 seem to be, we seem to be taking little steps and other, other clubs are taking bigger steps. Mm. And I, I just wonder if the order of things is changing um, and a lot of people are going to get very angry on Twitter because, um, you know, we're, we're not winning everything. Is it just players, though, or is it um, uh, the management? Because um, the Newcastle rise bemuses me because it's the same players that he bought. All right, they brought Trippier. They bought the, uh, the New Zealand wood from uh, Burnley. Um, but Wilson, they bought before, and Wilson's playing out of his skin. I mean, Wilson you like was, him, don't you? I, well, yeah. I kept saying we should buy him um, when he was at Bournemouth because he just really was hugely on the ball. All right, he gets injured a bit, but he's very speedy, very good with a um, an eye to goal, and you know, very accurate and percentage wise scores more than he you know that he doesn't. Just gets on the end of stuff. Um, is it that? How has managed to find a, a way of getting them to play together because they've just made since he arrived and played they've just improved um, exponentially they've just got better and better and you well, think I, th I think that's it J.K. What what you're saying there is it's kind of like been a gradual thing with Newcastle they're, they're like I don't know like in a marathon where somebody's yeah. just working yeah. consistently at a pace and then starts stepping up and and then all of a sudden there they are. You know, in 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 the, in the last couple of laps, uh, come from nowhere. <clears throat> They're unrecognisable because he's got some of those players playing fantastically. That boy is scoring all the goals for them. He was absolutely useless two oh, years. Miron, yeah, yeah. So, oh. uh, um, but with us, you just think, hang on, in the middle of all of this, we won the Champions League. Yeah, but well, we I, hang on, I I think I think it's an unfair comparison to Newcastle because no, no, they're, right, they're yeah. coming from a low base. They've never fucking won. No, anything. no, indeed, indeed. You know, indeed. so 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 how no, can how can plot and plan and you know, slowly, slowly, and it's all good for Newcastle, and they love it. 
the trouble with us is that we, you know, we we, we had these high targets. Well, yes. we had all this success. We had all this expectation. Yeah. Uh, Roman himself was was as guilty of that as the fans. He had all that entitlement. But actually, they didn't they didn't they didn't manage it very well because we know we know we all know. Marco's written books about it. Me and J.K. spout on it all the time. Basically, when we won the Champions League in 2012, they changed the way they structured everything and they blew it. You know, and we've kind of papered over the cracks ever since because Chelsea have this ridiculous ability to bloody win trophies in spite of, you know, structurally it all being a bit shit. And yet um, we won the Champions League because of Rhys James and Kante and Chilwell, essentially. Um, they were the three um, top. Well, Chilwell, Chilwell played out of his skin in that final, as did Mount, uh, as did Havertz. I mean, they all played above themselves, but particularly we relied heavily on Kante and Rhys James. Neither of whom figures in this, and I and I think yeah. I have to. Are only think, two world class players, maybe indeed, Silver. But the I, third. I yeah. think if Rhys James had been playing in the uh, in these last two games, we'd have won because he would have provided the crosses. You've got you, the, <laughs> the right flank; it becomes absolutely meaningless. You've got Chilwell trying his heart out on the left, and he's a, he's still a very decent wing back. I think defensively, he's a bit all over the place at the moment. I still think he's not the fittest he could be. But from a from the right wing point of view, we have nobody to replace has replaced, as we've talked in previous shows, there is nobody there. So poor old Cheek has to play there. He's not a wing-back. Whoever goes to play there, Sterling, not a wing-back. Well, he he played Aspie, essentially, at the start, didn't he? And, and I mean, you know, my, my, my rant on Friday, where I basically dug out, you know, who did I dig out? Sterling, Kovacic... Jorginho and Aspie because they they may have other things to their game that is fantastic and I I think they do but there are things that you could actually you know um, bet bet your mortgage on them doing and we went into that didn't we and Aspie gives the ball away far too much can't cross it there was a moment in the in the first 30 minutes where Aspie was in a position to cross and he played the ball pathetically uh, uh, to the first United man there and within seconds, they're up the other end with a shot and Kepa saved it. Indeed. And you just think, that is the game nowadays. You cannot do that. I know. I mean, look, I think, I th- look, it's, it's, in a sense, what Marco is saying is kind of also where we're at. You know, we've, got, we've, we've now got an Eddie Howe, per se, or we've got a, a yeah. Mikel Arteta. And in a sense, it's kind of really weird because I've hated it in a way. And I'd be interested to hear what you boys think about this because I, I really do feel that with Bowley coming in, there's a bit of a kind of a, it's almost a bit like Pol Pot, you know, we're at, we're at year zero and none of, none of, a bit like, well, we said it on the show, didn't we? Like Brian Clough coming to Leeds and saying, throw your medals in the bin because you want them cheating. You know, it's a bit like that. We've got to forget the last 20 years as if it never happened. We're starting from zero again. Right. And we've got this young manager who's English and we've got to be patient and we're going to have to buy different players and it's going to take time. But will we, can we, can we as a, as a supporter base be patient and ignore <laughs> the last 20 years? I, I would say no fucking way. Ain't going to happen, is it? Well, but, but judging by the red crosses and <laughs> yes. just just type in hashtag potter out on really seriously bar on twitter do oh, it fucking I, I will in a minute you'll be right. you'll be astonished well i won't because that's i look so come that, on mate we can't know, take anything that twitter says seriously really no, I, know, I, know, you know. I know but I, you know i don't think the thing is i don't think bowley stri- he doesn't strike me as a kind of a patient kind of guy in in terms of um you know he, he's, he's 
he's changed everything up at the football club in a very short space of time. Um, and if he doesn't get what he wants, um, I, I get a sense he'll change it up again. Mm. Well, but can I just now my, make my point about what I think is going to happen? Okay. Is, is this an exclusive, JK? No, no, no. This is just <laughs> this is me me analysing. I think what will happen is is because rather than change the manager, which is still a possibility, but I think he will buy two or three marquee players in January. Mm. I think he will make an effort to buy. Who though? Well, indeed, I don't. But I don't know. They have so much money. These people. He might go. Let's offer for Mbappe. Let's offer for Neymar. Let's offer for. They might be people that you think. How, how are they integrated into this? Or they may be. He may try and buy the the Milan winger who played very well against us, but um, Reese had him in his pocket. What's his name? Um, Liao. Yeah. yeah, Liao, who I thought was great. I think they may. They may prize them away by offering a ludicrous amount of money for them. 120,000. 120 Come on, I'm talking about. 120 well, million. I'll tell you what. Tell you what they can do if they want to do that, mate. Go and buy Declan Rice and fucking Jude Bellingham. Well, hey, this. Who knows what amount of. I, he will break the bank. He will get yeah. try and get marquee players in. And then it's almost as if, if then Potter fails to make them into the, the best side in the land. Then they have to reconsider his position. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 you know, you wonder how they will. Um, is he, is he, is he capable of dealing with this kind oh. of situation? We're going to discover. We're going to discover. We are. I'm not so sure. I tell you what. I tell you what. Who they could, you know, if if it was like, let me think. Uh, God, it's got to be what forty years ago, there or thereabouts. But if it was forty years ago, they could go and buy this chap, and he would make all the difference. A certain man called Wee Pat Nevin. <laughs> who uh, who we did buy, and he changed it all, didn't he? Um, now, uh, as you probably know, because we've been saying it on the show for the last few weeks, we we are doing another one of our Chelsea Fancast presents in uh, association with the lovely Troubadour people in Old Brompton Road. Uh, a segue, Chid, a segue. Uh, well done, you caught up, well done. I mean, you know, for fuck's sake, you know, I mean, I might as well not bother. I mean, goodness me. Anyway, no, we got, wow. We got, wow, <laughs> we, got, we got Pat Nevin, an afternoon with Pat Nevin on November the 6th which conveniently is after the Arsenal game. So the doors at the Troubadour will open at half past three. And uh, Pat and myself and JK will be hosting. Well, we'll be hosting. Pat's our guest, obviously. Uh, and you can buy tickets for this wonderful event. Uh, they are £20 each. They're available at ticketweb.uk. The Troubadour's in Old Brompton Road, so it's a spit away from the ground. Uh, as I said, the doors open at half three. Um, Pat, myself and JK will look back at the Arsenal match and uh, then we throw it. Well, we we'll throw that open to the audience anyway, because I'd much rather hear them talk to Pat than me and JK. And then we'll be doing a live Q&A with Pat as well. And then after all of that, uh, you can, you know, have a chat with Pat yourself, get anything signed and, you know, do what one does at these events. Uh, there are, I can tell you, a handful of tickets left. This one is selling out, period. So, don't hang around. If you don't, if you hang around, you you know, if you snooze, you lose because there are only fifty odd tickets available because it's a small venue, and I like that because it means it's an intimate venue where you all get to have a chance to talk to Pat. But uh, as I said, the tickets will sell out, and there are literally only a handful left. So don't hang about. Go and do it now. All right. Uh, and talking to Pat, um, you you saw Pat on Saturday, didn't you, Marco? Yeah. He, um... Quite, quite amusingly, Richard Scheller, who, who um, plenty of people know, the immensely talented artist, um, 
was on the train and he uh, and we pat got on and sat next to him no way so they had the what, what randomly and, uh, randomly yeah, randomly Brilliant. completely randomly um so uh richard brought him to the stall <laughs> so we had a chat and um took a few pictures and yeah what a lovely chat and yeah. you're absolutely right oh to have a player with his inventiveness creativity yeah and sheer genius be very interesting to hear pat talking about all of this won't it on on the six because he's he's such an intelligent uh bloke and intelligent analyst of the game so i mean i always love his punditry when he's on the bbc he's the only one who talks any sense so it'd be really good to hear you coming along to this one marco um what i'll do so uh i will do what what is known as the out um at the stall because it's the last one before christmas um but yeah I'll, I'll help out there and then um i will pack up and wander over excellent um, excellent i shall put you on the list then because uh because it's, it's, it's going to sell out so if you just wandered over randomly without me doing that then uh, oh no no yeah put me on the list yeah yeah yeah. all right lovely stuff um okay uh we're gonna have a break because that's what we do and then we're going to come back and we're going to get bit, get a bit more into talking about uh graham potter i think it was, i should have called this show graham potter and the philosopher's moan really shouldn't i because we're being very, very philosophical very, very clever and we're very. moaning i'll save that one for another episode down the line we'll be back in a sec Chidge. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. 
footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stamford Chidge, and I'm joined uh, by the inestimable Jonathan Kidd. Well, hey. Mm-hmm. And also the wonderful Mark Worrell. Hello, everyone. Always good to see you boys here. Um, now, I mean, we, we, we uh, promised people that we would talk a little bit about Potter and uh, Chelsea kind of generally. We got into a bit of that in part one. Well, I was actually, uh, it doesn't happen every fan cost, but I sat there listening in, in absolute, uh, complete interest, actually. There's some really interesting stuff coming out. Anyway, um, I- I've been saying this for a few weeks, JK, and, uh, you know, that he's done well. You know, you can't argue with the fact that we're we're unbeaten, per se. The football is about results, always has been, always will be. But I said, you know, we haven't really played anybody yet and and there there are some big tests coming before the world cup the first of which is man united uh newcastle i think will be a test but i think if i was to say what are the two what are the biggest tests before the world cup it was it was going to be united at home and arsenal at home traditional big clubs that you've really got to beat actually if you if you want to be taken seriously so i think take thinking of it i mean it's thinking you know it's his first big test I don't think he either passed or failed because, you know, we didn't lose the game. And actually, Tuchel and Lampard have struck out beating United and we have as a club for a long time. So I don't think he necessarily failed it. But I'm, it's a bit of a tricky one whether, you know, he passed or failed it. What, what do you think? Mm. Well, I, I'm, I'm not hugely happy, which I think is a, is a good... You very rarely are, mate, to be fair. Oh, please, come on, please, when they're playing well. I'm very happy when they score goals, when they win, when they win titles. I'm, I'm up there loving it. When they win trophies, yeah, I'm up there with the best, yeah. Um, uh, I just, I have this terrible feeling it's all going to absolutely unravel. I really do. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I just think we're so abject. That was a completely. I, I don't. I listen, mate. I don't. I, honestly, honestly, honestly. I, I, re, I, re, you know, disappointed with with Saturday. Absolutely. Some some average performances. Absolutely. But I don't think we're quite as bad as you as you're making out. I really don't. I think I think we're compared to maybe where we have been occasionally over the last twenty years. Of course, but you know, football's a comparative game and, you know, you've, you can only play what, what you've got ahead of you. I know, but I'm not seeing anything with them that makes me think, oh, he's done that. That's very interesting. All right, they got more bodies in the box early on. But the fact that they don't, they had two shots, Jesus, against United. That's what Potter actually, when he originally was with Brighton, all he managed to do was to stop teams from playing, but they only started scoring this year, but they've lost their mojo now. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I actually think Newcastle's an enormous test. We, we always, it's always difficult to play up there, particularly with them better, and particularly with the, the the crowd behind them, which they are. I could see us losing all three of these games. Um, uh, I, I'm just, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm not being enthusiastic. I think one of the ridiculously, I use the yardstick of the corners. The very fact that we've got the same problem with corners when you'd at least have thought the new management team would come in and go, actually, these corners are shit. You need to work out something. Come on, let's. So we put them under pressure. We don't. We're not. In, we're not putting any teams under pressure, even from from um, getting shots on. The only person who can who has well, we're once again in the same situation. If if Kovacic, I keep saying this, and Jorginho can't shoot. None cheek has given up shooting, despite being when he was younger 
you know, had a fantastic ability to score. So the only person who can actually get the ball in the net is Gallagher. And then, and then he got bloody injured, and then he got sick, didn't he? he got some kind yeah. of was he on, was um, he on, was he on the bench yesterday? He was on the bench. He yeah, was, was he? Bring him on. You just think. Yeah. Uh, and a part of me thinks, well, bring him on and let's let's change the composition of the side. You, we can watch. We the trouble tr- trouble is, Chidge, is we are watching now something where we go. Um, Sterling isn't working. He mustn't play. Well, let's, I mean, let's give Pulisic a go. Yesterday, and he's there again. Yesterday, he's, yesterday. You know, I totally agree with you about you know not creating enough but this is a this is a this is the you know this is the definition of insanity isn't it we say this every week expecting a yeah. different result and it doesn't yeah. happen now i mean just to pick a few people out i thought mount was industrious as he always is but he was i i thought i mean this is the other thing and i often wonder whether we're a bit, we're a bit guilty about this we're absolutely one-eyed when it comes to chelsea of course we are we're supporters we i don't care about the opposition at all i don't i'm i'm a chelsea fan not a football fan so i think we're very one-eyed but sometimes i think we actually forget that the other side can play well can have a game plan can have a tactic now i thought that Mar- that mount was marked and fouled out of the game consistently you have man united players just knocking him off his stride and getting into him, which is why he was getting so royally fucked off, if you remember. And getting away with it. I agree. The referee yeah. was right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, if that was the other way around, I'd be all for it. That's part of the game for me. I thought Obama Yang had a day off, got absolutely no service, but 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 he had an off day. Sterling is pointless, frankly. Uh, there's no attacking threat down the right with Aspie there. We know this. And I thought yeah. Loftus-Cheek, I don't think he had a bad game. I don't think he had an excellent game. But I do think, basically, he was far too busy having to deal with Casemiro to create anything. And Casemiro was excellent. I think Casemiro was arguably the man of the match on Saturday. you know. And Cheek was the one that was having to deal with him. So uh, You said it earlier, they cancelled each other out. And I think Mount was heavily cancelled out with that. But it makes you realise that you're relying heavily. Like in the Villa game, you entirely relied on Mount's brilliance. He was fantastic. But we were dreadful other than that. Mm. dreadful in the first half you cannot have the team being dreadful well you can because it, well, you, you, no, it happens mate That's no, no but it, it no but this is the point is it 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 shouldn't happen it shouldn't That's happen. more like it that i like that it shouldn't happen i agree with that yeah, yeah we don't <laughs> want to see supposedly top four side being dreadful no, it I just know. doesn't you know, I, I said in, in my fan bite, was bang average. You see, you got to, you've, got, you've got to stop really comparing it to the Chelsea fan cast, which is consistently excellent. <laughs> no, no, phenomenal. It's phenomenal, Chidge. We, we, it, it, it's, it's, it's I, I love it when you're about to spontaneously combust. It, it gives me imme- <laughs> it's given me immense joy for about 10 years. and You ne- never change. You haven't changed. Never change. Marco, I think this kind of gets us into the, some of the territory that I was piffling on about earlier on, which is... Um, I think that Potter has got the same problem uh, as Lampard had and Tuchel has. Uh, and we maybe you've even had this for longer than that. But, you know, what, what Potter has done, I think, uh, you know, since he's come in, is he's made us defensively solid. There can be no argument about that. The stats don't lie. That's the first goal we've conceded in about six games. So we are, I think, defensively solid. But we're a complete fucking impotence up front. Now, Tuchel did the same. He made us defensively solid, and then we were impotent up front. Lamps, bless his heart, made us look like a shamble in the back, but we were creating lots more and scoring lots more. Why can't why can't we have a manager or a team that can do both? Because until we can do both, we're not going anywhere. And I and I wonder again, 
you know, we've been around the game a lot. It's got to be the midfield. Surely to God, it's got to be the midfield, hasn't it? Let me t- let me tell you about a conversation I had on Saturday before the game, right? So two things that is consistent about the managers that you just mentioned. They don't they didn't know and don't know who their best players are, and they didn't know and don't know what their best positions are, and they didn't know how to set up um consistently against the opposition. We, we sort of hinted at the fact that the research wasn't done um, sufficiently in, into what's going on uh, against the opposition, um, whether they're not geared up to do that or whatever, I, I don't know. But the, the conversation on Saturday before the game was, the last time we won the league with Conte, you could pretty much name that starting eleven every week. And, and you know... Say what you like about Conte. You know, I love the bones of the man. And that, that you know, that season was brilliant um, for, for the very reason that he knew exactly. Once he figured it out at, at half time when we were behind to Arsenal, right, I know this is what I'm going to do. These are the guys I'm going to do it with. Bang. And that's it. And that's what it takes. You know, and I think what we're seeing, what we're seeing now at Chelsea, and I know that was Conte's first season, and he sort of he he came with all his experience and he knew what he wanted to do. And maybe he is a one-trick pony and he's been found out, but we won the league on the back of that. Um, and what's happened subsequently, um, you know, we've we've changed managers who've got different ideas, they've bought their own players. So we've got a smorgasbord now of of players bought by different managers for different reasons to play in different positions. Um, And just to go back to it, you know, it is a complete dog's breakfast and and it's it's not it's not the way to do it. So, you know, the solution is if, if it does, as J.K., with his slightly jaundiced view of the future, <laughs> um, thinks that we're never going to win another game, <laughs> which which will inevitably end in Potter's dismissal. But my my point is, you know, if Potter is the bright young manager that Bowley hired him for those very reasons that he was told he is this bright young manager, and we've got every reason not to suppose that he isn't um, a a capable guy. If the shit hits the fan and we start losing games, sacking him is just going to kick the ball further down the the, the road in terms of repeating what what we've got now because he'll just get a new manager. They'll sound a new manager out and they'll go, yeah, I want this player and I want that player. And, and, And so we just get more of the same. Instead, you know... I know Liverpool are kind of wobbling a bit and maybe they've lost their best players and, you know, players, it's it's an ageing squad and all that stuff and they're not at the races this season. But they stuck with Klopp. City have stuck with Pep. Arsenal have stuck with um, Arteta. And, and, you know, I know Arsenal, I mean, they've beaten in the FA Cup on, but, you know, at the end of the day, what, what the owners of those clubs have done 
is say, right, we're going to persist with this guy because we believe in him and it might take it might take a while to get to where we want to get to, but that's what we're going to do. And, and I think if Chelsea continue to chop and change, we're, we're just going to lose... We'll lose, we'll, well, we're not going to. We're not going gonna, nowhere if we do that. We're just no, repeating we what we've done before, aren't we? You know that that that. Um, it's just a Chelsea thing, isn't it? Just winning all these trophies. Of course, you know, Mister Abramovich threw a sack load of cash at it to start with, but then you know there were only Arsenal and Man United who were competitive at, at that time. It wasn't that hard. Um, the, the landscape is a lot more competitive in the Premier League now, in my opinion. I think Arsenal are now taking closer order, having been in the doldrums. You know, New Newcastle, you've got to take them seriously now. Um, you know, there are a lot, there's a lot of expectation at a lot of football clubs now. And every every team that plays Chelsea, it's a cup final for them. Even, even it doesn't matter who it is, you know, Brighton on Saturday, you know, the Graham Potter derby. They're going to be banged up for it. Um, you know, they scored three goals at Anfield. They, you know, they'll have a go. I mean, they might. You know, they might not be good enough in the end, and Chelsea might get another win, and that would be terrific. But I, I just think, you know, this is like a crucial season. Forget everything that's going on behind the scenes, and you know, whatever's going to happen in respect of the redevelopment of the ground, which. You know that that could be quite destabilizing, depending on what you know transpires there and how that comes together. Um, but on the pitch, I, I just we've got to stick with this guy now. Um, you know, if we, if we who who comes in, you know, if if, if J.K.'s world of doom um, <laughs> plays out, you know, and Bowley says, do you know what? During the World Cup, we get he, he's like. I don't know. I don't know. He just decides to hire Didier Deschamps. I, I don't know. But they're likely to buy somebody who plays well in the World Cup. It is, that's exactly. what normally happens. It's, yeah. yeah. It's Chelsea. Yeah. This is Chelsea. This insanity that has brought us a bucket load of trophies um, is, is terrific. But I just question now how sustainable. That that model of random success um, is. I, I I just think. Well, I just I think, think it, order, if things I, are changing. If I was going to put one word on, I you know while you were talking there, Mark, I, I thought it was fascinating listening to you actually. But you know the the thing that's going through my head is that that, that Todd Bowley is a businessman. That's what he is. What would businesses do? And actually, you know, in a sense, businesses are, are, are like football. Because you can either, you know, you can either build a business organically, slowly. It's tough, but you can do it. Or you chuck loads and loads and loads of cash at it and buy success. But I think underneath all of that, the key word is sustainability. And I think that's what we, we really need to be looking at. Sorry, Jake, I know you want to come in. You know, just uh, thank you for, for, for giving way, my young man. I give way to the honourable member. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I would like uh, yes. order, order. Um, uh, I have to make some reference to uh, um, uh, he might be the shortest manager who's ever, I don't mean in height, I mean the shortest amount of time we've had a manager if they get rid of him now, just much like They're the They're not going to get rid of him now. No, no, I'm just, I, no, I'm just 
just make just if they comp- did if they did it would be we'd like we'd, the, we'd have to compare him to a lettuce in that case like, like the prime ministers yes absolutely no if the trouble is is if if you get members of clearview making statements as i've discussed the other day about the club potentially from a marketing point of view would he would like them to make a billion a billion pounds a year one billion pounds billion pounds because he doesn't think that they're being um uh exploited they're not exploiting the marketing ability it unfortunately has to go hand in hand with success yeah now if they're making these statements uh, to businesses at, at symposiums which they did last week it, it the club not doing very well does not fit the business plan so and i don't know how long they give it mm-hmm. if he wants it to go as soon as possible into making a billion they cannot be finished 10th in the division mm-hmm. it, or and get knocked out of everything it doesn't work despite injuries that's why i think he will make an attempt to buy um unbelievably inflated uh players and um, well prices but probably players who are pretty good i think yeah. they'll make a stab at buying rice but in january you, you say offer 100 to 175 million or something i don't think they care as long as they get the players yeah, but you, you i i think I, I i understand what you're saying and i, and I to a great extent I, I don't disagree with you but i think that's always been the uh the, the one plan the club i remember ron gawley saying that to me years and years and years ago that it was success on the pitch leads to success you know Indeed. in the coffers so as we've said before ron yeah. gawley of course who's now at west bromwich i know the biscuit sales very badly but yeah. the point is i you know if you look at if you look at Bowley and what he did at uh the dodgers um you know, he he was quite patient there. I mean, they didn't win everything immediately. It took about three years. You know, so I think I don't. I think you're. You know, I think that they're, they're basically they're like they're like. You know, as I said, it's a, it is a business, but it's a business where he's saying we're going to invest, invest a shitload of money, but we expect our return not to come immediately. We expect our return to come maybe two, well, three I, years down the line. I hope. I hope. I think maybe that. Well, we none of us know because we're not Todd Bowley. Listen, yeah. I'm going to move this on because fascinating as you both are, I just want to get a few of these in about Potter. Um, because I wonder, I wonder, Marco, if Potter's finding it hard to deal uh, with the rotation, uh, you know, and also playing two games a week, which is something he won't have encountered before. But I've got another theory. I've got another theory. <laughs> I might, I might have teased JK with this theory. But you know, you were saying earlier on, he doesn't know what his best side is. I totally agree with you. Uh, but you could have said that about Lampard and Tuchel, and, I, and you did, and I think you were right. But I, I wonder if there's an, an additional Potter element to this. You know, because I think, you know, he, he looks at our squad and he thinks, you know, three months ago or two months ago, I was managing Brighton's squad. And I look at Brighton's squad, now I look at Chelsea's squad, and I'm thinking, fuck me, they're all brilliant players. They're all internationals. You know, they'll level on all this shit. And and I think he thinks, oh, well, that's all right then. That means I can just drop seven of them and put another seven in next week and they'll be brilliant because they're all brilliant players. In other words, he hasn't figured out what we all know, which is, you know, eight of that 24-man squad basically will let you down. <laughs> you know, because we've seen it for years and years and years. And he, he needs to figure this out quickly. Which are the players that he can rely on, you know, that are not going to let him down? And stop rotating in the ones that are going to let him down. So it's a bit of is he in awe of the squad and a bit is he finding it hard to deal with the rotation and the two games a week? 
I think the interesting thing is he's, he's had a lot of games in a short space of time to figure things out. So, um, you know, it's OK, right. Well, we've got another game in three days, so that didn't work. Let's try this. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's not a good thing. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I think the hiatus caused by the World Cup should, in theory, give him plenty of opportunity to figure out exactly what he needs to do when the players come back together again. Um, because, you know, apart from the fact that Erling Haaland's, you know, going to be turning himself into twice the monster he is already during during the World Cup because he's not playing. All the other clubs are at, at, at the top table are, are in the same boat as far as losing players. But that doesn't that doesn't prevent him from having the time to look at all the fixtures that are coming up, look at the players that he's got, identify targets. You know, as as, as JK says, you know, are we going to go and spend big? In, in January, they must be talking about that already now, because um, that's not going to happen overnight, is it? Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is time and patience are two commodities not readily associated with Chelsea Football Club? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> and time and time and patience is what's going to be required. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I really, I, I just don't, I do not believe that going out and spending 200 million on Declan Rice is going to solve the problem that, that we've got. You know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I just think it needs, it needs, it needs a greater depth of thought and understanding and, you know, is, is, is Graham Potter that man who is so technically astute that, that he, he can figure that out? I don't know. I mean, he's clearly, a, you know, a good man manager. Um, and he's done a great job in his career so far, but he's, he's a completely uh, different level of expectation. Um, you know, he's gone from trying to keep Brighton in the Premier League every season to having a win win the Premier League and and other trophies. Yeah, I mean you, this is one thing that uh, I mean not many things irritate me about Potter. I think he's he's an eminently likable chap actually. I thought his sense of humor in the press last week was great and he's 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 got humility and I like that. What what is irritating me at the moment? I can't, I I'm amazed JK's not spotted this actually. He may may have may have done actually, but what irritates me is after the match when he when he, you know, in his attempt, I suspect, to, to try and say nothing, but also put a positive spin on it, says, you know, the lads worked really hard. They gave everything, you know, and he, and he, and, he, and he, I don't know, maybe it's just me reading it the wrong way, but it, it makes it sound like he thinks we're frightened and we should be like really happy that we, we drew with the United. No, mate, we're Chelsea. We expect to win these matches and win titles and win trophies. We're a big European elite club. We're not Brighton. You know, working hard and giving everything is is not enough, mate. We need more than that. Having said that, I pref- I'd have Trossard in a flash instead of Sterling. Yeah, but, but you know what I mean. I mean, is it just me that gets no, rankled no, no, by that? I, but I agree with you completely. There's a kind of um, um, almost parochial kind of approach to the way he's. He's got to understand where he is. 
I'm I'm I don't ever see any of these post matches. No, well, I I have I've seen a few, but but, but I know, but that that you've actually summed it up very well for me. It, it's almost as if he's applying a kind of we did okay no, to this. No, and no, no, we no, 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 no. Okay. I rather he said, uh, actually, we, you know, I rather he, well, he can't keep saying, you know, I've only been in the job for nine nine matches. We're trying stuff out, but I, I, I find him a bit too happy for me at the end of games where we've been shit. I just want him to be a bit more. Uh, we could do better, you know. He seems to be, as you say, it's all, it's, it's almost applying a a Brighton esque view, um, but. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mark, are you about to leap in? No, no. All, all I was going to say was my my uh, former Gate Seventeen comrade, Ugly John, who who I still see regularly, who um, got priced out of coming to the bridge and because uh, of where he lives, ended up buying a season ticket down at Brighton to take his family. So he's been going down there. He actually said, um, he said it's bizarre. He said. It's almost word for word. Um, Potter's post-match um, presses yeah. are identical to what he was saying after Brighton games. Well, there you go. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, my opinion is I, I, I don't have a bleak dystopian view that we're going to lose all these games um, and the wheels are going to come off. I'm more concerned about the bigger picture that we're losing ground on other clubs. And I think the only way we're going to regain that ground on the pitch um, is by, you know, if the belief's there that this this guy's the man to take us forward, then they've just got to stick with it and they've got to give him time and, and there's got to be patience. And we've said all, I know we've said all this before with, with Frank, with Tuchel, all of that, and we always say it, but, but this time it's like serious because if they... You know, if we if we go on a bad run and they cut Potter out, um, and you know, and all these Brighton players that he's going to buy in January, um, <laughs> people say, well, you know, he's he's, he's bought Brighton players in dollars. You know, or, 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 but that's what happens. You know, look at the the, the players in that. I mean, Obama Yang. That that's not a Graham Potter signing, is it? You know, he he was Tuchel's big mate. Um, that, you know, and that is the problem with Chelsea, where players have been bought by a procession of managers. And actually, isn't it funny that the 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 only true talisman in that team, and we've already spoken about the fact that Chelsea can't play when um, Reese James doesn't play, is a kid who came through the academy. You know, and, and Mason Mount as well. I know, I know, clearly. Teams figure have figured out that if you stop Mount playing by either kicking him off the pitch um, or, or, or just stifling him, putting three men on him, you'll stop Chelsea, which you know is also to to a certain extent true. But those, those you know those two players have been the shining lights at Chelsea Football Club. Um, you know, and it's interesting, isn't it, that Chaloba. Uh, has sort of started picking up the plaudits and to you know to to Potter's credit he's played him so maybe we need to start looking deeper into that um in, into the academy again but it, I, I don't know but it, it's that whole patience thing it also makes you wonder why Tuchel wouldn't play Chalabar because it, 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 he's just been excellent since because he make he, well, I think I can answer that 
I don't know this for a fact. It's made an error every year. Yeah, and I think Tuchel is a perfectionist. He's a he's a, he's quite um you know he's very what's the word? He's such a precise. Yeah, yeah, he is a bit, isn't he? But very precise, you know. And it's all about he used to go off his fucking nut when they made a mistake about anything. So mm-hmm. you know, Trevo, as we all know, love him. He's a young player. He's he's got an error in him every game, at least one big error. Right, and I think if Tuchel focused on that rather than the fact that for the rest of the time he was one of our our better defenders, so I think that's what happened. And I have to say, Thomas, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, but I think that's very narrow-sighted of you, really. Um, But hey-ho. Anyway, listen, I just want to wrap this part up with something that you've both been alluding to a little bit, but I I kind of did a bit of homework, unlike me, but I did. Uh, And I think it was really stoked by the fact that uh, we now see that Newcastle have uh, the, the aforementioned Newcastle have climbed up to fourth in the league. They've taken our spot because they're ahead of us on goal difference. Uh, they've got a, a... We have a game in hand, though. Uh, we have a game in hand, that's very true. But at the moment, they're, they're above us. We're still one point above uh, United, who, who who are in six. But I, I looked at what was going on, and this has kind of gone on the, under the radar a bit, actually, the last the last few weeks but if you look at uh, from first to eighth i'm going to go eighth you've got arsenal man city spurs newcastle chelsea man united fulham and liverpool now fulham are clearly the outlier there they are in a false position if they are still seventh at the end of the, uh, the campaign i will eat my hat um but everybody else apart from maybe newcastle is where you would you know expect them to be i mean i know you wouldn't expect liverpool to be eighth but there i suspect will will go higher man united are getting back into it we're a kind of where we've been all season really uh tottenham are probably too high but basically what i'm saying is that the kind of clubs that you expect to be in the top four or competing for a place in the top four are kind of assembling they are assembling in order right and i think that's a bit worrying because given newcastle's uh, ascendance because of the money and the fact they've given Eddie Howe a bit of time uh, given Arsenal a, a much better side than they were Liverpool you know uh, conceivably could quite easily come back into this although they won't win the title United are improving what I'm saying is you know we, we, we might not be competing against say Leicester or Wolves for a place in the top four at the end of the season we could be competing against either Newcastle or Spurs or United or Liverpool and that that is going to be really really tough so in other words any of those sides that I've mentioned minus Fulham could finish anywhere in the top four or as low low down as seventh or eighth it could be us that's I you know that I think is something we need to grab hold of and I see that as a bit a bit worrying if you if we expect to walk into the top four JK there's been a, a I think the athleticism of the division just increases in, in every season, um, particularly with, I keep mentioning this, with the five subs. They, they, everybody is assessed, aren't they, with the vests they wear. And so they bring somebody on who isn't completely knackered. So it just means the level of of um, uh, performance is higher and higher. Um, so it's small tweaks, isn't it? I, 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 I watched Leicester um, play very well and they played well again. And suddenly they're, I think there's going to be a huge change round for the whole of the rest of the season. Um, uh, but, well, the World Cup is going to, is going to play an enormous role, I think, and uh, because it, it, whether players come back injured or whether players come back exhausted, I think will have its, its trickle down 
to use another governmental thing, uh, a trickle down into the league. Um, but I, 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 we we have a you know we'll either finish tenth or I think we'll we'll end up um, um, fourth or fifth at the moment the way things things are playing. I just think every other team has an opportunity. I wouldn't even dismiss Fulham. I don't think they're up there. I think they're up there because they're playing very well. I think he's got a, a way of playing. I think they got, everybody... they got William, who's apparently being fantastic for them. Yes, scored a good goal, very good goal at the weekend. Um, but no, I just, I, I think everybody has raised their game. And I mean, the trouble is we don't look as if we are raising our game. That's the that's the problem. I mean, JK, just to underline your point and, and how tough this is going to be, one thing I meant to mention when I was talking about this a minute ago, there's only three points between Spurs in third and United in sixth. And in fact, there's only six points between City in second and United in, in sixth. It's you know, really I, tight. I wouldn't write anybody off who's fifth or sixth. I think yeah. United put some results together. And I think Arsenal could, could fall away. You know, they drew with Southampton. You know, they didn't play very well. I just think it's the degree of how exhausted everybody is with the way all these games have been thrown together and that they're competing in Europe. And also, you know, they, half of them have got one eye on the World Cup. And the World Cup as well, yeah. So, uh, uh, Havertz, sense, anybody? Oh, one would hope. One would hope. Well, I think maybe that's what's going that's on. the reason why he's playing like a complete... I mean, we haven't even been talking about him because he doesn't figure. At least at least um, Potter has worked out that he doesn't pick him because he's he doesn't fit in the, the system at all. But I'm, he now has to get rid of Sterling for the next few games and give... And give um, well, we're going to talk about that in the shake of a lamb's tail because we're going to talk about <laughs> that in the in the Salzburg preview. Marco, have you got anything to say on that before we go to the break? I think it's all been said. I don't, I don't okay. disagree with any of it. All really. right, all right. I tell you what, you won't disagree with this. That's for sure. Um, the latest issue of the fantastic CFC UK fanzine, which Marco, I mean, how long have you been involved with the fanzine, Marco? I'm sure I've asked you this before. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. About 2005, mm. 2006. There you go. It's been going longer than that, hasn't it? Oh God, it's been going. Uh, is it 2000? I'm not entirely sure. Well, it's issue two three nine now. There so you go. go figure. <laughs> A prize for anybody. Well, I mean, I know it was the it was the Chelsea Independent, wasn't it? Before that. So it's going a long time anyway while marco now finds out exactly how long it's been going um i can tell you the latest issue is out um if you want to get a copy all you have to do is to wander down to the stall uh opposite fulham broadway where marco is on duty every home game with with, D, with his the, the his reverence dj uh, our dear leader, bless him. Um, and it's brilliant. So, I mean, there's some fantastic writers in there. I mean, there, there are people who write for the fanzine that really can write, evidenced by the number of books that they've, be, that they've published, uh, not least by my, my, my mate up in the corner there. So there you go. Um, if you can't get a, a, proper, a proper copy, uh, then you can still get one uh, sent to you in the post, wherever you are in the world. Um, and they are 18 quid for a year subscription in <clears throat> the UK, 40 quid for a year subscription in Europe, 56 quid for the rest of the world uh if you don't want a proper copy you can actually get it digitally um so you get it pdf any pdf emailed to you uh year subscription six quid wherever you are and a pound uh for an individual copy you can pay via paypal and you need to email fanzine at cfcuk.net to do so what's the answer marco i'm just getting to that 
Right, issue one, February 1999. There you go. There you go. Now we know. Right, um, we're going to have a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about the uh, the Salzburg game for tomorrow, having a preview of that. We'll be back in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge, and uh, I'm joined by the lovely Jonathan Kidd. Aloha. And the equally lovely Marco Worrell. There we go. Good to see you, boys. It's been really interesting tonight. I've enjoyed the show tonight. Um, now, JK, in his own inimitable style, was kind of teasing this part a minute ago because uh, we in, we invoked the the uh, the Sterling issue again. And uh, in fact, funnily enough, I started off uh, in my notes basically saying, "Surely, surely, we have to start Pulisic ahead of uh, uh, ahead of um, Sterling." And funnily enough, JK, you'll not be surprised to know that in my lineup. I've gone as follows. In fact, here's another interesting thing, okay? Based on uh, Murphy's Law, um, I found out or remembered that Salzburg basically play with a four-diamond two. Ooh. Ooh! And they always play with a four-diamond two. It's what they do. And I thought, well, you know, why don't you, Potter, do me a favour and stop playing with fucking wing-backs who can't play as wing-backs and play in a back four, and then why don't you match up and go four diamond two? In which case, that's what I've done. I've gone four diamond two, and my team is Kepper, Chilwell, Silver, Chaloba, Aspilicueta. Not a lot of choice, really, with Dave, because there's nobody else, but there you go. He's better as a right-back than he is a wing-back. Jorginho at the base of the diamond in the midfield, Kovacic and Mount either side, and Gallagher at the, the, the top of the diamond, which makes sense to me. Kovacic and Mount got a lot of legs, can get up and down. Jorginho, that's kind of where he plays anyway. And Gallagher, I think, is the perfect link between the midfield and up front as a two, whether they're slightly behind each other or by the side is, is immaterial. Pulisic, obviously. And Aubameyang, actually, because I, I don't think Obama, Aubameyang's been that bad for us thus far. I think he had a bit of a stinky uh, against United. But I, I don't think he was helped by actually anybody passing to him. So I would I would start with a Bamiang because you can always bring Bro you're on if you want to. So that's my team, JK. I like it very much, Chick. Thank you. The chances of him playing that side are very slim, yes. however. <laughs> yes, very fucking remote. Very remote. However, I love it. I, I love Gallagher playing there. I, I think Gallagher really is the future. I really do. He's... His energy, I think he's a bit, he's an element of rawness about him still. But um, uh, he's like ability, a Labrador, I think. Yeah, there's a touch of that. But his ability to snap a shot off from anywhere is so alien to what the rest of them achieve. Um, yeah, it makes great sense to me because then Jorginho isn't in a vulnerable position. Uh, Aspic is the only player who can play there who is actually, that's what he does, is defend. Um, and you're not then making him into a wing back, yeah. So you play with four, and you match up with them rather than the diamond, rather than the the box midfield we've been playing before. But it could and, it could uh, also revert to that. I mean, you could play four no, four it, box, it, bo- you know, four box two, you know, with Kovacic it, and Genio next to each. Yeah. Also, I'm going to offend several people by saying uh, "few no cheek" because uh, 
I'm I'm still bitterly disappointed with with um, the fact that he doesn't deliver. He, he is the potential in cheek is enormous, and he's you know he's okay. He was okay against United. He didn't you know excel once again, and he lost the ball and he gives the ball away and he can't doesn't shoot anymore. So he's not fulfilling it for me at all. Um, however, uh, he may play Cucurella instead of Chilwell. You know, then he, he, he we we don't know we don't know whether. Cucurella is such an unknown. I agree with you completely, Marco. He shouldn't play at all. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be considered in this setup unless he has a a major um, improvement button pressed on him. You know, oh, suddenly I'm very good. Um, Silver obviously picks himself. Brilliant. Uh, I think he should he should play Chilwell. Um, Kovacic may not play the start because of his knee injury because he's which he's, means Cheek gets in or Chukwuemeka. Yes, but I, I I'm. I'm I'm not seeing Chaka Wameka as being he looks good, he looks okay, but I'm not once again give him a chance, only come on as a sub. Does he start from the beginning? Does he want to start from give him a start from the beginning? Um and you know as well as I do that we'll we we both want Pulisic to play and he'll play Sterling. So um uh <laughs> yes and no, I like the team immensely, but you know. Who knows? What say you, Marco? I would be inclined to not play Obama Yang, but play Broya. I I love the idea of Gallagher where he is. Pulisic deserves a chance. Um, I I, I can see, I can see Cucurella starting (laughs) on the left (laughs) and Chilwell getting rested. Um, <coughs> I, I, I don't know. I think I think what we're going to see against Salzburg is further evidence that Potter doesn't know his best players in the positions to play them in. Um, <coughs> I, I, I don't know. It really is. You know, you look at that that team that you've <coughs> put up there, Chidge. It might it might end up with like only four four players. That you've listed there actually starting in this game. It, it was interesting, wasn't it, Marco? That <laughs> Brentford, I felt that by the time we got to the last 10 minutes, he actually had picked the best players. It's almost yeah. as if he has to try them out first to see which <laughs> one that hasn't worked or have that. So at some stage in the game, you will probably have the best team out, but it, it won't be the starting team. But that's what we've had in the last few games, isn't it? Yeah. Clearly, yeah. it wasn't the right starting 11 or, yeah. or set up against Manchester United. Um, ditto against Brentford, ditto against Villa. I mean, to be fair, you know, he does recognise the fact yeah, that I've yeah. messed it up. And whereas, Marco, so do we. We we recognise well, well, that. I know, well. yeah, we're, we're not on like you know a million pounds a it's week. A week. Whatever yeah. is on there. That's why he, I meant to say when you said before he always seems happy and smiling. That's because he's <laughs> multiplied his wages by a factor of a hundred and never has to worry about feeding his family ever again. Yeah. Ever again. You know what? <laughs> I, I think I might change the rules for my team selections now. Yes. So my team selections now will be the team at the end of the match, not at the beginning. <laughs> because I fucking bet you anything you like that my teams yeah. that I select are the ones he ends up with. Because like we said earlier on, we yeah. know, we've watched Chelsea every fucking game for the last God knows how long. We know which players are going to let you down, Graham. You just have to ask us. It's very simple, all right? We'll tell you who you shouldn't pick. Very simple, mate. 
Oh, dearie me. Uh, um, you know, there's a couple of things that kind of are pertinent, I think, to this match, actually. And, actually, and as a consequence, could be pertinent for who he does select, if he thinks about it enough. Because Salzburg, they just need to uh, get a point to be in with a chance of finishing top. Um, we need to win uh, to make sure we qualify with a game to spare. So, in other words, you know, it looks like both Salzburg and Chelsea are pretty much odds-on to to progress to the next round. So, there's, I think that kind of reduces the pressure somewhat, doesn't it? It's not. This is not a must-win game, if you see what I mean. It's a yes. It'd be very nice to win, thank you, game. But you know, it's not disastrous. If it doesn't win, and and I have a suspicion that as a consequence of that, it might well end up being a draw. But more of that later. I think the point is, is that actually, you know, really, Potter could take a little bit of a risk with selection here, um, because you know, although I mean, you know, you don't really want to be up against it, like do you? Takes a risk with everything. Well, I was, yeah, I was kind of thinking that thought through my head as I was saying completely yeah. opposite, Marco. I mean, we've got Dinamo's. I mean, we're we're on seven points. So, you know, technically, if we lost this and lost against Zagreb, you know, both Milan and Zagreb could catch us up. But we've got a pretty good it's goal not difference. Gonna happen, though, is it? It's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. So, you know, we got Zagreb at home last match. All of Salzburg's matches have been 1-1, apart from their 1-0 win against uh, Zagreb. So, you know, I don't think they're going to... You know, I don't think there's going to be a lot in this. So I think it's just really, this really will depend on how much Salzburg want to win it. And given that they only need a point, I think they'll go for a draw. And how much Chelsea really want to win it as well. And maybe Potter will do the same because it kind of suits suits both teams, really. Very difficult to say. I've got some interest. I've got some stats for you, JK. You oh. know, I know how much you love my stats, which oh, I pilfer shit. from this betting site. Uh, Salzburg um, have... Uh, I mean, you see, they're, they're not... I mean, like we said very, very early on, we said they would be the main uh, opponents in this group, not AC Milan, and we were right. Uh, Salzburg have featured in the knockout phase of European football in each of the last five seasons, so they are no mugs. Um, we've qualified from 17 of our last 18 group stage appearances, which is hardly surprising. We're unbeaten in 28 of the last 34 European games. So we won 21 and drawn seven. All of our historical head-to-heads with Austrian opponents ended level. We've drawn three. So there we go. Who knew? Uh, and the only other one is this. Salzburg are unbeaten in seven straight Champions League home games. They won four, drawn three. And the 1-1, the 1-1 draw against Chelsea ended a five-game losing run against English sides. So, you know, it's kind of pointing to another bloody 1-1 draw, isn't it, I think? But, uh, boys, what do you think? Marco, what do you think is going to happen? I think we'll win. Um, I just think, I, I don't know, that AC Milan were, were just an abject disappointment um, in, in terms, I could not believe how poor they were in both those games. And, and I think, I, I just don't, I don't, I just don't see, even though Chelsea are kind of, going through a Chelsea phase at the moment where we don't really know which Chelsea is going to turn up and what they're going to do. I just think the rest of that group is so not not really just meh. But I, I think Chelsea will win tomorrow. I think they'll beat Brighton on Saturday and um, as well. But, you know, 
we just need we measure ourselves against decent teams and there aren't any in that Champions League group so we'll come out of it we'll be top we'll get a cosy little draw in the round of 16 and then let's see where we are after that absolutely right by then we'll have bought four four more players so we'll be <laughs> whoever the top scorer is in the World Cup <laughs> well it's, it's interesting isn't it you say that because you know when when the trial I shouldn't really say this but I don't think I don't think I'll get get thrown out or anything for saying this because it was a bit of a joke really but in the meeting that the trust had with the new board the new Chelsea board you know all the big wigs there they were talking about you know the redevelopment of the stadium none of which I'm going to tell you about but um, obviously we were talking about you know would we have to relocate and all of these things and I said well you know why don't you just buy Fulham (laughs) not not ground share with them buy them And they did giggle. To be fair, not that that not, not, not that, that suggested any way, shape, or form they may do that. It was a chidge joke. You know what I'm like. But there you go, J.K. I've had a thought here. Uh, I, I, I dare I say it, quite an intelligent thought, even if it's me. But I think you might appreciate this. Are you sure? Are you sure? Well, I, I'm I'm going to go on a limb and say it might be for me. You know, but the thought I had was uh, given our our woes with the uh, the Premier League, both currently and and in the recent past. I wondered. If we're actually, as a, as a club-stroke team, we're more competitive in Europe than we are in the Premier League. Um, I think the Premier League is such a high standard that uh, um, it's easier to beat these teams because the uh, the level of competition is so less, so much less. I think Milan was an example of that. Made you realise how how um, far in advance playing in the Premier League is than playing. If Milan won the title last year. Because they were so so, uh, um, as you said, Marco, absolutely abject. So I think that's uh, that. Rather than it being that we're better in in these competitions, I just think it's the standard of opposition at the moment. But we'll discover. I also think the players the players go up a level when they're playing in the uh, um, when they play in the in the before down to the last eight. With a bit of luck, um, Reese James will be back, and as I say, we'll have bought these other four players, and so we'll have no problem getting to the final and winning it this year. We might finish 10th, but no. No, I think, it, in all honesty, I really think it's, it's going to change after the World Cup for everybody. Mm. It, I think there'll, there'll be a different level of competence. Um, um, but, you know, let's let's see. No, the answer to your question is I, I don't think it's that. I think we, when we play against the better teams, we raise our level, which I think is fair enough because they're all, that, that's their they're top players. It's, it's um, at the moment, it's because the the Premier League is it's so much more athletic and fitter and competitive, and the the uh, the opposition are taken aback by the the um, uh, the intensity of of Chelsea's play. Actually, Marco, no. All I was going to say was, um, I think you know Ch- Chelsea are a are a cup side, aren't they? Because they can't get consistency enough to to grind out um winning the league but last you know in 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 the last year we got to the FA Cup final the league cup final I mean the world club cup final I think our local pub team could have got to the final of that but um you know it's kind of like you raise your game you can get out of that Champions League group without breaking a sweat, probably through the round of 16. So then you're in the quarterfinals, semifinals and finals. You know, Chelsea are Chelsea. They they can raise their souls for three three games 
in a, in a whole season um, and the stars align and we love Chelsea for it. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think, as I've said several times this evening, I just think doing that is a lot harder and going to get progressively harder. Um, and I just wonder uh, what's going to happen when all the singing stops. Um, Very good point. All right. Let's nail our colours to the mask. What's your, what's your prediction, Marco? 2-1 Chelsea. 2-1 Chelsea. JK? 1-1. One, one. Oh, really? I'm going 1-1 one, one, too. Yeah. 1-1 one, one, No, no, no. Well, not 1-1. One, one, not, not, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go Chelsea 12, Salzburg. Is that a new future future version of the game? Could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Bowley's going to introduce it as part of his innovations. An extra half of football. An extra half of football, yeah. Now I'm going to go 1-1 one, one like JK because I've just got a sneaky feeling uh, and I'm on a bit of a roll at the moment. Um, Marco, talking of predictions, I can I can predict with absolute certainty, if I can't predict that Chelsea are going to win the league, I can predict that you're going to come out and publish some really good books during the year. And there are two such good books in the offing, are there not? Well, there's one um, absolutely superb book that I've just uh, published that's been... Um, it's taken quite a while to get together with uh, Paul Ride. And for people who listening who don't know who Paul Ride is, um, he's, he's a Chelsea season ticket holder, uh, has been for many years. And back in, well, 30 years ago, he was working um, as an expat in, in Kuwait uh, as a catering manager. Um, and through um, a, a curious and bizarre and unfortunate chain of events, found himself um, coerced at gunpoint across the border with Iraq and then um, jailed for seven years uh, for illegal entry. Um, so his book, Ride to Hell, Prisoner of a Dubious Peace, um, it's basically a, an autobiographical account about his life. Um, you know, he, he grew up in Chelsea, uh, working class lad. Um, and it covers that. And obviously the ordeal that he went through during his incarceration in Iraq, he was actually freed uh, after 18 months. But, you know, essentially he was taken hostage and held as a human shield um and his life sort of fell apart at the seams as a consequence of that uh the the support wasn't there from from the government and and the world was very different then although you know ken bates the chelsea chairman at the time was um instrumental in drumming up support for paul it just wasn't the same so he kind of like yesterday's Today's news is yes, is tomorrow's fish and chip paper kind of thing. Um, in the modern era, you know, Paul would have had all kinds of support uh, online. He wouldn't have been forgotten. Um, and the book is essentially about it's it's about his life, and and it's it's really is. I'm not just saying this because because I'm involved in it. It's a it's a truly extraordinary story. Um, uh, about you know misfortune dealing with misfortune and life in in general and i, I would 
and there's a smattering of Chelsea in there, obviously, of course, but I just cannot recommend this book highly enough. Um, you know, it's, it's a proper book with a beginning, a middle and an end. Um, and I, I commend it. And it'd be great uh, for people who weren't aware of Paul's story to to read it and understand and maybe send him a hug or buy him a beer the next time you see him. Um, it's a terrific story. I mean, I'm, I must confess that I wasn't aware of Paul's story at all, but um, I had the uh, privilege of meeting him at the stool a few weeks back, and he's a, he's a lovely guy. And, you know, a lot of the old, older lot like you lot were telling me all about it. Mark Mark Meehan was telling me as well, I think. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like an absolute cracker. How, how much and where, Marco, usual places? So, so yeah, um, it's it's available worldwide on Amazon in paperback format. So wherever you live, um, you can buy it, Eleven ninety five. Um, it's a big book. <laughs> it's well worth the money. Um so yeah, uh, or you can get we've got some there aren't many games left before Christmas, so there's only a, a couple of Chelsea home games, but we've got them on the stall at uh, 10 pounds. Mm. Um, or further information at www.gate17books.co.uk. Um, but yeah, honestly, I'm not just saying this. Please buy if you only buy one book this year, buy this book, you will not be disappointed. Ride to Hell, Prisoner of a Dubious Peace by Paul Ride. I recommend it to you all. I'm going to be buying that very soon then. Excellent stuff. Right, um, we're on the home straight. We're going to come back in a minute and we've got some emails to read out. See you then. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge. And I've got Mr. Jonathan Kidd in the house. Hello. And uh, equally, the fantastical Marco Worrell. Buonasera. Yeah, sporting your OC Hooligans t-shirt. I quite like that t-shirt. Yes, so Cal Chelsea FC yeah. supporters. Uh, a it, gift from Rayman. I was going to say, that's got Mr. Rayman's name all yeah. over it, literally. Oh, well, I can't remember what's on the back. Was it OC back? Hooligans. It's, uh, so, oh, it's just OC Hooligans, so California, USA. Yeah. Dear old Andy, if you're listening, mate, I hope you're well. I haven't seen you for ages, although I do, re- I do see you were in town at the weekend. I've seen the pictures to prove it. Uh, anyway, I hope you're well, buddy. Anyway, it's now time for emails of the week. And the first one uh, befalls to JK. Can I just interrupt the the thought for a second, just to say that I'm distressed to hear that in the middle of spot, our great spot, one man went to mow. They now go, after they've got to 10, Chelsea, and they shout, hooligans. (laughs) Hooligans. Surely not. Surely not. It's been going on for a while, wasn't it? Hooligans. Yes, but uh, I always thought they were they were chanting um, something else, like champions or something, and then no. lo and behold, uh, um, hooligans. It's been going on for ages. It's, it's always the Chelsea hooligans. Chelsea. It's been going yes, on for I, ages. I know you don't need to do it. We know it. We know it, Chidge. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I feel sullied by it. I feel 
with the purity of spot. I mean, it went downhill when they ceased to do sausage roll, bot bottle of pop, old mother Riley and her cow, which is what they did when I was little, when we did that song. That was, and it went on and on and on. Before was I was born, I think. Oh, years. You were, weren't even a twinkle in your mum and dad's eye. You weren't even that. I was a small boy on the terraces, pleased to be singing uh, a, a schoolboy song about sausage rolls and bottles of pop. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, here we go. And ooh, it's a corner. See, do you know oh. what? You know what? My, you know Boy. what? One of my favorite favorite songs is, which is kind of absolutely bastardizes your purest vision of Chelsea songs associated with childhood and bottles of pop. Is if you go down to the bridge today, you're all sure for a big surprise. If you go down to the bridge today, blah blah blah. It's Jeremy the Sugar Puff Bear has 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 um what is it? He's bought some boots and cropped his hair. Today's the day that Jeremy Graham is skinhead, which I just absolutely love it. Yes, because yes. it completely corrupts and bastardizes a children's song. Which there I was an actors, actors one was if you uh, you never believe there's Charlton Heston down on his knees, and I won't go on any further with that song, but you get the idea. So Charlton Heston a, put his vest on. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was it was worse than that. Jim. Was it really? Let's get on to the uh, the emails. I've lowered the tone. You horribly. have well done. I've, I apologise. Somebody had to. It was far too it highbrow. To was. It was getting too interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, we had to have bottoms in it somewhere. Um, dear Chidgy JK and today's guest, who is, of course, the fantastic Marco Worrell. Oi, oi. Oh, George, yeah. Of course, of bloody course, of course, added time has played until United score. That equaliser was jammier than the... Pr preserves Ireland Waitrose. Clever, very clever, George. I like that. However, it has to be said that we were poor indeed. And it wasn't until Kovacic came on, we finally started to look like we weren't just there because we had to be. This shows just how important Reese is to the side, as we've been saying, and that playing wing backs only works if you have a natural wing back for each side. Perhaps we should try to bring back Lamptey or Livramento in January. Uh, yeah, possibly, or even Solly Marsh. No, no, Jonathan, no, shut up, John. Um, The upshot is that Liverpool's defeat and Winchester City's 2-1 smash and grab win at sixth place Swindon Supermarine, who had quite a bit of Fergie time of their own, means that I'm not feeling sicker than a parrot with plumage problems. <laughs> lots, of, lots of image images here I like. Incidentally, Winchester are at home the next two Saturdays, Supermarine, Supermarine in the FA Trophy, then Tiverton if Chigi is free. Ooh. Maybe. Might be. Maybe. Um, uh, I think a shake-up's necessary. And Carney Chukwamika is... Uh, what's the off official pronunciation of his name? Chukwamika? Chukwa? Chukwa? Do we know? We Chumbawamba. Okay. Chumbawamba is deserving of more game time. He was deeply unlucky not to grab the winner at Brentford on Wednesday. I also feel that Broger will become a reliable striker once his decision-making improves. Yes, I'm. I'm. Uh, anyway, uh, following the semi -tor torture in last week's email, one for a future preview stroke episode would be a most underrated eleven. Mine would be Ambrosio. <laughs> Surely not Ferrer. Yeah, Alex Zuma. No, Zuma. No, uh, Philippe Louis. Yes, yeah. Tiago. Yeah, I agree with that. Mikel definitely. Delabona. No, no. Uh, Pedro, yeah, yeah. Anelka, wonderful player. Wonderful. Duff, no, I don't think Duff sneaks in there. Duff was wonderful. I don't think he's ever, ever underrated. No, Duff's top, top draw. Honourable mentions, Essien, no, top draw. Merrill is, yeah, true. Torres, no. 
bar, no, bar, no, bar, no, hang on, I'm getting back. I'm getting up and ahead. And went, yeah, bar, yeah, telescopic legs. If nothing else, there'll always be those goals against Bar Barca and Benfica. Yeah, but the rest of it was shite. Please, no. Um, with the Ballon d'Or in the news, which players would you nominate for the Bell End d'Or? <laughs> That's very good. That's very good indeed. Until next time, up the Chelsea, George Spencer. Well, yeah, that's good. George, that's a great email, mate. Well done. And I, listen, the chances of I am much more likely, um, and I'm presuming this is still happening, but uh, when the World Cup is on, and uh, which I'm about as interested in as, as somebody who's completely not interested, um, I've got more chance of going to see Winchester City play with you then than uh, at the moment when I'm distracted by Chelsea. But uh, I'm, I'm presuming so just you know where I am just let, let me know but I'd love to come down I know I keep saying this but I, I'm you know when Chelsea are playing at the weekend I am always busy so uh yeah when the World Cup's on I'll come down and watch City play now the Belen door well I don't know about that but I mean you know what I didn't say earlier actually I forgot to mention this is what a horrible nasty bunch of players United have actually I listed them Fernandez, Fred, Anthony McTominay, Shaw, Martinez, all nasty little shits with their off-the-ball stuff and little kicks and moaning at the referee. But if I was going to nominate anybody for the bell end door, George, it would be Fernandez. Can't fucking stand the little prick. That it? Is that a mic drop? We're just completely ignoring me. We're waiting for for George to respond. Well, George can't respond. He's not on air. Well, I, all I would say is I, I quite like teams that have horrible nasty players in 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 their ranks that, that that give a shit about what they're doing and we 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 don't have that no we don't Chelsea, we're a bit powder puff yeah. when it comes to yeah that you know as you were saying earlier about Jorginho surprising everyone by doing a bit of grappling mm. you know where where's John Obi Mikel when you need yeah, him no definitely definitely agree with that mate Right, okay, great email, George. Always lovely to hear from you. Uh, right, next one is from James Giffin. Dear Chidge, JK, and the rest of the Motley crew, uh, I hope you're all doing well in amongst the circus of the UK and its government. Ugh, when do I start swearing? Six minute or 96 minute? I was up at 12.30am local Australia time for the match, and after a few minutes I was already napping. God, we were shit in that first half. No urgency, no cohesion, no drive, and obviously no goals. However, the decision to bring the Croatian hitman on was a superb choice, a ballsy move, if nothing else. Taking off your trusted ex and now current player in the first half, wow. Todd must have loved seeing that from the stand, seeing your new frontman see what's wrong and, well, changing it. Halftime is when my brother and I trade text about our rubbishness. Oh, did we go in on them once again. Sterling, Aubameyang and Sodit, Mount got it too. My brother and I aren't technical analysts of football, but we know where our problems lie, usually before the game starts. Most of what we debate is of the players we haven't yet got and players we pr pray never play again. Second half was much better. Good passing and we hunted them down like rabid dogs. It was great to see. Then we get the ball to the 18-yard box. Dot, 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 dot. The penalty awarded was correct. Only a ferrety-looking... Oh, I'm going to have to take my time over this to get it right. The penalty awarded was correct. Only a ferrety-looking prick like Fernandez. James, that's outstanding for a description of, indeed, what he is. A ferrety-looking prick. Uh, could have, have a problem with that one. And with my pessimism comes all, the all-too-obvious equaliser. It was a fair result. 
We were shit and they were shit. Not too many moons ago, this was the peak game of the season. By Jesus, how far are we off that now? We've been saying much the same all night, James. I make a prediction. Uh, I made a prediction the day we signed Sterling, and I said it in capital letters. Massive mistake. And Chelsea fans listening to this may pelt this email. Who's this twat? Mystic Meg? Roll the clocks back to the Champions League final. Ooh, how we laughed at Sterling being in Reese's pocket. The mockery was sublime. The memes were sublime. The headlines were sublime too, probably. But all of a sudden, we want to buy him. And then that then brings out wishful thinking in a football fan. The worst emotion we go through. All right, he scored a couple, but we're now seeing why we laughed at him. He's got the feet of Pedro and the brain of Ross Barkley. <laughs> By that, I mean feet too fast for his non-existent brain. Thank oh, you for your time. Best wishes to you all, James Giffen. That's some good bon mot in there, mate. I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if the boys agree with that or not. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree completely about Sterling. Yeah. Yes. You're not happy, are you? No, I'm, I'm, no. He, he shouldn't be playing. Yeah, yeah. He just gets he, worse. Pedro he scored gets goals. Worse. <laughs> Pedro could score, yeah. Pedro was a bit hot and cold towards the end of his career, though, wasn't he? He, sort of yeah, he, was, he was 75, though, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. He was. He was. I, I loved Pedro, largely because yeah. he, he had a pet seal. He's a great bloke, Pedro. I loved him, and he won more than every. It, it, you know when you, you know when you say that charm, which I, I get pissed off with actually, because quite a lot of our fans get it wrong, and I, I'm I'm not being rude, but it's probably because they're all about twenty and they just don't know. But we quite often sing, you know, to like Knotts Forest, um, about a player like I don't know Rudiger. He's won more than you. Uh, yeah. No, actually, you know, but actually with Pedro. We could generally say to every team in the world, he's won more than you. The guy on his own had won about 28 trophies, including two World Cups. I mean, I've never... Remember, we did it on the show. We couldn't believe it when I found it out, how many bloody trophies he'd won. Unbelievable player. Unbelievable. So there you go. He generally had won more than everybody. Loved him. Right, last one this week, Jay. Short and sweet this week. Uh, Sorry, Loz, yours came in too late. I'll try and do it next week. All right, mate. It missed the cut. Uh, but this is Andrew in Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. JJK and all guests. It's Marco. Another thank you for all you do on this pod and beyond. Thank you, Andrew, very much. My wife and I got a good laugh of JK telling his story about his grunts and groans with every touch of the ball. Oh, no, fuck that. Oh, that shoot here. Yeah. I did the same. It's true. I do. Did it. I said I was slightly ruder at um, uh, Man U game, except that where I sit, you can't be too angry. Um, but, you know, under your breath. I do the same thing standing in front of my TV in the very early hours of California time and hope I don't wake my wife. But I typically wake her from the frustration Chelsea shows us lately. The frustration is the reason I write to you today and ask, what is the lesser of the two evils? Trying to put square pegs in round holes in the wing-back role or in the defensive mid-six role? We've tried many different players at wing-back. Nobody can replace Reese or Chilwell. Thus, the system isn't nearly as effective as it should be. Beyond that, there are many others, Mount, Connor, Sterling, Pulisic, playing out of their preferred position. Mount and Connor should be eights. Sterling and Pulisic should be wingers. I know Chidge has been banging the drum to switch to a 4-3-3 or 4-4-fucking-two, and I'm banging the same drum. Instead of continuing this wing-back system that has four to five players out of preferred positions, why not play a system with only one player out of position? Only one player out of position. There are three players that could fill the six role until we buy Declan or similar. I'd suggest using Ruben in the six in the against 
an evenly matched team and Jorginho against lesser teams that will sit deep and concede possession. I'm almost very curious to see Trevo play more in this role. His confidence is growing, which could help him here. Uh, we were talking about that before, how we've been playing better. At the moment, none of these options are perfect, but in fact, prefect, it says, but no, perfect. But neither is the wing-back system with many out of position, and we all know how rough that was last year. So again, I ask, what is the lesser of the two evils? Up the fucking Chelsea, Andrew in Lake Tahoe. But I, th I think we've talked about it. If the if you play the four, we don't have the same problem. It's uh, you don't because you're not thinking about the wing backs at all. Which, but um, I'm, I'm not sure that he's convinced of what well, we don't know what his best setup is. Do we? That's well, I, 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 yeah, but I think there's a there's an issue here that we're not addressing. Which is the reason? There are two reasons why. Why I think it was too cool, wasn't it? Wasn't it really? Went to three at the back, and it was basically to mitigate the lack Georgi of well, the lack of pace in both Jorginho and Silver. You know, because if 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 you play in a back four, if you play Silver in a back four, it basically means that because you're playing with fullbacks who are quite often higher up the pitch you basically got two centre-backs and that can be quite exposing if one of them's got no pace. And also, if you've got Jorginho in front of them, they're doubly exposed. So really, the wing-back's there to kind of dig Jorginho out of the shit and also to dig Silver out of the shit as the last last kind of line of defence. So Rudiger played, he was there in order to keep the wing-backs out of the shit as well yeah. because he, he would then cover for them. So but... it is a dilemma. Um, I mean, Silver, I think, is an absolute gem. I mean, it's always annoyed me. It's always annoyed. This is one of the reasons that does annoy me about Jorginho, who, who you know, I'm not, I'm not a Jorginho hater, and I think there's a lot of things he does brilliantly, which I love. But uh, the thing that really hates me is that we have to play a complete system just to protect him. That, that's the the issue, I think, Andrew. It's why do we have to do that? You know, I don't know. Maybe you make allowances for other players as well. So maybe I'm just being an old, you know, sound off, but. It's interesting, isn't it, as well? In, if you play in a four, is you expose Silver much more to players running at him, and he missed a couple of tackles against United. But if you had a if you had a defensive midfielder with pace and who could tackle, yeah, then he would. That's his job. His job is to protect the defence. But yeah. I don't think that's. I don't think Jorginho does that effectively. That's the trouble. Mikel used to. You know, uh, Makaleli used to. You know, there are players that we've had that can do that, but I just don't think that's really, you know, I don't think Jorginho is a defensive midfielder. He's just a midfielder who sits very deep. Yes, he doesn't do the tackling that's necessary. Or the running. The, or the, yeah, for the midfielder. Yeah, yeah. Although on occasions he does, you know, and I mean, you know, as I said, I don't, I, th I think it's very, I think it's very harsh to see Jorginho in very black and white terms because like life, it ain't black and white. It's much more nuanced than that, and there is stuff that he does that doesn't get appreciated, or stuff that we don't think he can do, which he does do occasionally. We only see it when he does it badly, and we get fucked off. Them's the breaks, as somebody once said. There you go. Got anything to say on that, Marco? Or are you, are you serene sitting there? You look serene. I'm serene. I, I do agree. We, we. I don't know. What are we going to do? We're going to go and spend 180 million on Declan Rice in January. According to JK, who are your four, JK? You keep mentioning four. Um, Leal from Milan. Uh, they'll buy him. They'll put a bid in from Bappe. Uh, oh, fucking no. Seriously? Absolutely. He's, he's earning 650 fucking million a year. 
would be. All right, they'll, they'll get Ronaldo and bring back Callum Hudson Adoy. Yeah. Yeah. Is an Adoy on a year contract, though, or is it six months? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think what, whatever, what other. They've got to buy a, a cover on wing back. So I think it'll be Solly March. Just going to buy Brighton players, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, buy Brighton player on for the wing back. Mac Allister. <laughs> yes. yes, he's not bad though, is he? Trossard. He's a good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Trossard, Trossard's excellent. Trossard, yeah, he actually. plays for Belgium, so he's not a mug. He's not a mug. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, who knows? Who fucking knows? We'll all find out sooner or later. Um, but not this week. No, we won't find out this week because that is it. That is all we got time Ooh. for. Uh, and I have to say, it's been a lot of fun tonight. I've really enjoyed tonight's show. But there you go. I think I think this show tonight has validated my decision to only have three of us on the show rather than four, because I think we've all had a really decent say tonight. It's felt like that. I don't know what you think, JK. Yeah, it works with three. We've yeah. established. Three is the magic number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is indeed. Three at the back. Well, yes. Okay, there is that. <laughs> but there we go. Am I am I playing in Dave's position? I think so because you are a bit older than me and Marco. To yeah, be fair, yeah, my legs have gone. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> but there you go. As long as I'm not Cucurella, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Trevo. Right, that's all we got time for tonight. We 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 will be back if I can actually speak on Friday evening, where the legendary Mark Meehan will be joining J.K. and me to look back at the Salzburg game and ahead to Saturday's match against Brighton, which should be a humdinger, the Graham Potter derby. Uh, now um, we do have a Patreon account, so it's my time for uh, just for begging for a minute. Um, but I have some good news for you, Patreon people, so it's worth reading it out. We do have a Patreon account. It is lovely. You're even lovelier for donating to it. There's no pressure. I love you all equally, whether you do or you don't. But if you do as much or as little as you like every month, and uh, you can do so here, patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And now if you do, you will A, uh, if you want one, get a Kerry Dixon mini banner. Uh, and secondly, if you want to, you can join our Discord group, as many do, and it's great fun on the Discord group. And just to give you an example, somebody who did exactly this, joined Patreon, joined the Discord group, is from India, a lovely guy called Vivek. He asked me. Game on Saturday. Well, exactly, Marco. Well, yeah. Vivek, Vivek messaged me on Discord and said, "Chidge, I'm coming over for the United game. I'm, I reckon I'll get tickets, but if I don't, you know, can you help?" And uh, I said, "Well, as I say to everybody, look, I can't guarantee it, but if I'll help if I can, you know." And anyway, as luck would have it, Dane uh, didn't couldn't go, so he gave both his tickets to Dan Burgess, who we know and love very well, and then one of Dan's mates couldn't go and. I messaged Dan in the morning because I wanted to meet up with him and found out that he had a spare going. So I was able to get the ticket to Vivek, even though I couldn't be there pre-match. I set up a WhatsApp group and they met each other and then it all worked fabulously. So there we Came go. to the store. And that only happened because Vivek joined the Patreon group and then Discord. That's all I'm saying. It's good value for money in that context, but there you go. So there you go. That's what you get if you join up. And the other thing is, everybody who I've promised to carry Dixon Mini Banner to for about the last six months, I, I have the week off. So I shall be sticking them in jiffy bags and sending them to you this week. So the wait will hopefully have been worth it. Right. Uh, if you want to email us, uh, you can just or any just send us a message on email, Patreon, Instagram, Discord, whatever Ooh. method floats your boat, and we'll try and get them read out, providing you do it by the end of the day Sunday. And the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. You can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Cheers, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, and Marco at Gate17Marco. 
Marco, great to see you, mate. It's been great fun tonight. We we talk more sense in this show than we probably have done for a year. I don't know what we what we've been yeah. smoking or drinking, but it seemed to work. Well done. Oh, pleasure. Yeah. Really enjoyed it, mate. Lovely to see. You. I miss seeing you on Saturday, so it's been lovely to see you today to kind of make up for it. Um, J.K. Old Bean, um, lovely to see you. Did you 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 did go out to play before, didn't you? Because Mary said she'd seen you. Am I talking? No, about- no, I, I just saw at the um the, co- the it was a coincidence. Yeah, just went to the store. Right, yeah. she did say she she was very happy that she'd and seen. And we you. walked we walked up to the uh, the stand where they had um uh, where they had the seats. So Lovely. that's what. So I accompanied them. Yeah, it was great. And we got lots, I got lots of hugs. Lovely. Excellent worried stuff. About, worried about Max. Slightly. I think he was okay. He, he he was, he was okay. By the end, I mean, you know, she gave me lots of hugs too. And the cock. So, uh, you know, he was, he, he, yeah. Lovely photograph they took as well. And, and I got a message from Matt and I must thank it. It's really, honestly, one of those days on Saturday where, you know, the football seemed to be secondary and, and meeting people who come from far and wide to say hello to us was more important which is why i drove up all the way just to do that really which is a bit nuts but it was kind of <laughs> worth it jk it's been great to see you as always my friend um you're not going to salzburg tomorrow obviously yeah so uh, yeah. i will see you on friday when we can talk about it i'm going to brighton though are you good man i thought you might right good. that's all we've got for time for tonight thanks for listening see you friday until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chill oh! 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 It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.